Welcome back once again to another exciting, award-winning, trailblazing, and trend-setting episode of the world's best podcast, Group Chat After Dark. Internationally renowned. Internationally renowned. Internationally praised. Domestically loved. It's it's just, there's literally nothing bad that you could say about this podcast. The only thing that's bad about the podcast, I feel like, is that were corporate shills for Bombas. Um, but our new sponsor this year, uh, coming summer 2021, Scrub Daddy has now surpassed Bombas as the number one best-selling product in Shark Tank history. What? I didn't know that we had a new sponsor this month. Scrub Daddy, yeah. They just came out with a new product, and it's awesome. Um, everybody should check it out. Uh, it's the, I think, I believe it's the Jumbo Scrub Mommy. Jumbo Scrub Mommy. Yes. Uh, there you have it. Your new sponsor for Group Chat After Dark, Scrub. Scrub Daddy. Daddy. Scrub Daddy. Scrub Daddy. Yep. Now they have uh, the Eraser Daddy as well as the Big Daddy and the Big Mommy, which is what we just talked about. Excellent. Well, you I you know, Bombas had their chance to keep us, but they wouldn't actually send us any money. Yeah, Scrub Daddy, so, if you're out there, we got you. We got you, Scrub Daddy. Send and, some some shekels our way. And Scrub and Mommy. We'll keep, yeah, we'll keep doing some fake ad reads for you. Or you might get like one or two people to buy your product. Maybe two. Just maybe two. And it'll probably be us. But just keep that in mind. That's two sales you don't have right now. Bingo. I've never bought a product Daddy. from Scrub Daddy. So, yeah. I mean, Bombas got at least one order for my podcast. It was Boom. me, but it got one order. He only okay. ordered one Bomba. Only ordered one. It was great, so I ordered the other one. Nice. But they don't give us any money no more, so we don't talk about them. Anyway, Michael, how the hell are you? Uh, here we are. It's August. I'm good. It is hot as balls outside, um, as it usually is in August. And now the cicadas have invaded where I live, so that's an exciting one. But uh, keeping it rolling. You know, it's I, I actually got to see you live and in the flesh last weekend. Yes, we did uh, a we did a COVID safe gathering last weekend. So yes, we that, did because that is still a thing. So yeah, it's still a thing. The whole reason that we do this podcast, it's still going on and it's getting worse. Yeah, so. when we started this, I thought it was just going to be a couple of months, and I think back in what february of 2020 we were like oh we'll be back in two months back to normal here we are yeah. two months later august 2021 yeah two months later the longest two months of my life feels more like at least a year and a half yes and so. now they uh are reporting an update uh, an uptick in cases so i think we're gonna have a podcast for a while yeah i think i think it's pretty safe to say we're gonna have a podcast for a while because it looks like we're getting ready to be uh back indoors a lot so it was nice while it lasted it was it was it's it's uh so something interesting that we we uncovered last weekend while we were visiting is we went to an uh, outdoor restaurant and they had a ordering system that was completely no touch the menu was no touch 
you paid as a group with uh, no touch and you could all pay for your own individual meal just from your phone. It was really interesting. I'd never seen it before. That was pretty slick. And once the four hillbillies that we are finally figured it out and got it going, it actually worked pretty well. But it, it was like, it was like the scene, you know, from like 2001 where the monkeys are like smashing the monolith with like the, the bones. Like that's kind of, I'm sure to what everybody else, that's what it looked like watching us try to figure out how to order on our phones. But uh, hey, I thought it was a pretty slick system once we got it figured out. It worked well. It did. I How much gay sex was there on this weekend? There was none. There was none. There was none. There was no gay sex during our weekend. Uh, there were offers. I did, but spill, nobody... I did spill beer into the floor out of my mouth. Um, you did. Do not While drink you were hot by beer. yourself. Yes. And then laugh. It's not a good combination. Yeah. yeah. Don't drink beer that you've left sitting out for a few hours, which I think most <laughs> people know. But PSA... Michael learned the hard way. You gotta save it. Weekend. The turtles, man, that they, they might not have been able to enjoy. Because like, we were leaving, you know, and I, I I finished my beer before we left because I was like, well, I don't want this sitting out. And I, it's like two drinks left. You chose to leave your two drinks sitting on the yes. counter and then and a, like an hour and a half, two hours later, decided to drink it. Yes, I did. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend. Um, okay, moving on. Let's do a quick check. Now, I know last time we talked about this, you can't, you're topped out, man. You can't go any higher on the Chick-fil-A rewards status. I can't. No, I'm, it's through 2020. Actually, I am a platinum, uh, what do they call it? Platinum rewards or something. Um, yeah, you're the super duper Chick-fil-A guy until, what'd you say, 2022? Yeah, end of the year 2022. So. Yeah. Now, do you have your, have your points gone up? No, they, it maxes out at, uh, what do they call it? 10,000. Yeah. Wow. 10,000 points. So you and also then, can't earn any more points until I can earn points to reward or to redeem rewards for, but once you get 10,000, it stops counting them to your account. I see. So what are you going to use your platinum double secret probation status for? I'm going to use it for uh, breakfast and dinner. Breakfast and dinner, like every yes. night until the end of next year. Well, yeah, I think so. Um, but if if Chick Fil A keeps up the quality that I've been getting recently, uh, I'm going to stage a protest. Oh no! The last two times I've put bacon on my sandwich because I like to have bacon. And guess who opens the sandwich and then there's no bacon? Mm. That's right, Chick Fil A. You're defrauding your signature rewards members. Wow. And he is putting you on blast right here on a podcast that has listened to at least 12 people domestically and maybe three people internationally. Yeah. That's a global audience. Boom. Putting you on notice. Wow. I'm going to send okay. you a well, strongly worded tweet later about you this. You should. You should. I, I always, I stand behind strongly worded tweets. I think they're the most effective way to complain. They are. Well, now that we've gotten all of our things out of the way, our new sponsor, Scrub Daddy. And uh, we've checked the Chick-fil-A reward status. And we've, we've kind of touched on what we're going to lead into today as far as pandemic times. Uh, because this podcast was born out of the pandemic. And, and what we're going to be talking about today has had a huge impact, or the pandemic has had a huge impact on this industry. We're talking about the future of the movies and where they're going to go. Because, I mean, let's be honest, Mike, they weren't really flourishing 
before the pandemic. No, unless you uh, were in Fast and Furious. False. Uh, Fast and Furious is garbage. Everybody knows that. But we're not here to talk about that garbage. Uh, we're here to talk about the future of the movies. Well, before so, we talk about the future, do we need to talk about the present? Because it's a strange world out there for those. I, yeah, and I, I would say I'm kind of going, this is what, like my, my view on this is coming from early last year when nobody knew what was about to happen. Um, and, and that will lead us into the present, which will take us to the future, maybe. But uh, if, if you were, do you, do you recall, Michael? Obviously, you know, we, we touched on it earlier, pandemic hits globally, lots of just kind of unprecedented things happening, lockdowns, quarantines, all this, which means you can't go anywhere. You can't get, you know, everything non-essential is shut down. Um, and the movies are not essential. So the movies are shut down. You're not making any money. Let's say you're a studio who's got a movie getting ready to come out right about that time. And you've spent a lot of money. The budget for this movie was huge. And the, the advertising budget was just as big, if not bigger. So what are you going to do? Do you happen to know what film burst through the doors and kind of set the the model for the for the studios and and for how to proceed with this do you recall what film that was i don't what was it well you're not gonna i can't believe that you don't remember this because i know it's a film you saw many many times it was a little film by dreamworks called trolls world tour (laughs) Ah, ah, ah yes the cinematic classic that still is talked about in film school today Yes. Trolls World Tour came bursting onto the scene. They had a release date already planned early last year. Things were not looking good, but they're like, you know what? We're putting this movie out. I know you can't go to the theaters and see it. However, you can rent it immediately. Day one, it's ready for you to rent. It's going to cost a little bit more, but you can still get it. So, here, here's the interesting thing, Michael. The box office for this film, and I don't know if this is, I'm, I'm, I'm getting mixed numbers here, so I don't know if this is worldwide or if this is domestic or, or what the thing is, but the box office for Trolls World Tour is listed as $51.3 million. It's okay. Wow. But when you hear what the budget of the film was, it's a big disappointment. Uh. The budget for this film is also kind of all over the place. It's between 90 and $110 million. Was this a 3D movie as well? I don't think it was 3D. However, that's a pretty big gap when you look at the budget. To That will be considered a flop uh, in normal times. However, yeah. when you come down to the section on video on demand, uh, when it debuted, this film set the record for most streams on a release weekend. Uh, with it finished number one on Amazon Prime, Comcast, Apple TV, Vudu, YouTube, and Direct TV. Wow. And Universal, the studio that put it out, reported that it was purchased 10 times more than its previous day one rental, which was Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Uh, it made about two or three million dollars its first day. They're thinking that overall, Trolls, Trolls World, World Tour made about 40 million dollars opening weekend just on rentals. Wow which is pretty good. It's not included in the box office. 
Right. But it goes on. It keeps going. Uh, It's uh, through the first 19 days of release, it resulted in about $95 million. $77 million of that went directly to Universal because they're not paying for distribution theaters. Theaters, Yeah. yeah. Well, to, you know, to have a movie in the theater costs money and the theater gets a huge cut of that. So of the $95 million, Universal got more than half of that, which is a lot more than they would have just from the theater. So, uh, so they made back estimated, almost their whole cost it just in streaming. It's estimated now. that they made about $150 million just from rentals. Wow. Which, okay, you made your budget back on the rentals. Now, again... I don't understand how it works, box office and, and rentals, uh, you know, what, what pot that money goes in. But that's pretty resounding success just on the rentals. Now, of course, you got to think who's renting this movie. Parents with kids <laughs> who can't go anywhere. Yeah. Some of them people probably watch that thing 14 times that weekend because they had to keep their kids entertained. Regardless, still made a pretty good chunk of change. And this was the first movie to really to do that, to be like, you know, you can't go to the theater to see it, but we're putting it out. If you can get to the theater, great. If not, you can watch it at home. And that kind of set the bar because now that's what's going on. Um, You know, Disney followed suit. They did their kind of thing with, um, they do premium access on Disney Plus. So if a movie comes out, you pay like 20, 30 bucks and you can watch the movie day one. I got you. And then later it'll be released. Yes. Just so included in your Disney Plus. Yeah. I wonder if that's included in the box office. Uh, I, I don't know because I don't know how this is all reported. Um, but I, I was curious that if Disney didn't find a loophole in there, that their box offices could be a lot bigger if they charge day one premium access for it and then it goes away. So you're not, it's not available to rent day one it's available on the platform for a specific price so that they may have found a loophole to actually count it as their box office but i don't know if that's the case um but there you go michael is your mind blown that the trolls kind of set the pace for where we are with movies today that is surprising it's that movie however that demographic i can totally understand going after with that type of format so that makes a lot of sense i know I know when Raya the Last Dragon, or is that what it's called? I think uh, came out. Uh, I had to watch it with my nieces about seven times in two days. So, yep. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I think they've yeah. got it. They've got it right. It's going to be really it interesting was... because I think the last movie I saw in the movie theater was that one based on uh, the the wrestler Paige's life. The, about her family oh, geez. and the rock um, was in there fighting with my family yeah, yeah i think you that saw was, you went to the theater to see that i did yeah because it was on special here where i live and uh, uh, okay they had like it was like two dollar and you got free popcorn so yeah my wife and okay. i went to see it okay yeah. i would have paid two dollars to see that because i have seen it for free it was not good i don't recommend it was not it. <laughs> yeah it was fun but it was not a good film yes um but yeah so trolls kind of set the pace and that's that's what's been working and like like i mentioned disney's kind of followed suit but also like hbo hbo max they're you know warner they're like all right here's yeah, the deal as a warner property right yeah they're like here's the deal all of our theatrical releases in 2021 will be on hbo max 
the same day. So that's cool for me as an HBO Max subscriber. I'm like, great, I get all these free movies I can just watch as soon as I, you know. However, to me, that's got to be hurting the box office, especially in those few months where things were opening back up, cases were down, you know, we looked like we might be kind of rounding the corner on this thing. But I still don't have to go pay $20 for a movie ticket. I could just sit at home and watch it. And I'm like, mm, is that? so I don't know how they're making money on those. Um, I, and a lot of people, I remember Christopher Nolan was pissed that they did this. Well, that one, that uh, movie he came out with, what was it called? Tenant. Yeah. He refused, he was like the longest holdout to refuse to launch it. He's like, movies deserve to be watched in the movie theater, blah, blah, yes. blah. Well, he stood to lose a lot of money on it. So I get why he was pissed. Um, but, and that movie, I think, didn't do as well as anybody because nobody could understand it. Um, well, but yeah, he was, he was not happy. <laughs> he was not happy about HBO's decision there, Warner's decision. Um, I am because I've got to watch a lot of cool things uh, that I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gone to the theater and watched because I was already on board with this watching movies at home thing before pandemic. I, I would wait and rent a movie for six dollars from amazon and watch it at my house so if i need to get up and pee hey just pause it you know or i could uh i could I could get up and make something to eat i could stop or i could i could start it and if i didn't get to finish it that day i could walk, finish it the next day like and you don't have, was have people that. people clapping at the end of the movie yeah and like somebody put sticky bubble gum under your chair yeah exactly yeah. I, I like going to the movies every now and then, but I, I was already kind of over it by that point. So to me, this was this was right up my alley. Uh, however, not a perfect system, as Scarlett Johansson has let us know. Yes, yes, she's I think currently in a legal battle with the uh, Disney uh, over is it over royalties? I was going to ask you because uh, yeah, I know this was one of your things you wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, she she did not. It's my understanding that she was told that Black Widow, her newest film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, would not be released same day streaming on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. uh, that was her understanding, and I believe that was the the contract she agreed to. That was the plan. And then Disney Plus is like, "Ah, oh, you just kidding? We're doing it. You know, it's it's going out in theaters and streaming." And she was not happy, and she wants her motherfucking movie check. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking it up now because I had pulled up the uh, domestic box office numbers for the summer because uh, summertime's usually when you release your blockbuster movies. Yeah, uh, I guess historically it's probably been hot outside, so people go to watch movies in the summer in the air conditioning, blah blah blah. Um, and Black Widow is actually number one. Um, they have made 180 million. $903,407 um, gross in 4,275 theaters. Uh, now, that movie was fully made in, in the can before the pandemic happened. So it was scheduled to be released May of last year. Uh, and they kept pushing it back because of all the stuff going on. Um, but yes, uh, Scarlett Johansson is, is suing Disney because she is saying that uh, they cost her substantial portions of her compensation by reducing ticket sales in theaters, because I guess the 
the way that her contract was worded was that it was based on ticket sales, um, which obviously aren't a thing right now as much. Right. Yeah, I mean, they still made a lot of money on it uh, just from butts and seats, but... Uh, they said I she lost her, 50, $50 million with yeah, streaming. She's, she's feeling like the rug got pulled out from under her because there were people that, because which maybe that, you know, earlier I mentioned maybe Disney found a loophole there that counts towards the box office, but maybe not. But maybe it does though, because it might still count toward the box office. They just get a bigger cut from it. I don't know, but it sounds like she's mad because if you rented it, you know, paid for the premium access, that money's maybe just going to Disney. It doesn't count. It's not technically a ticket sale. So she doesn't get any of that money. Um, yeah. It says, Oh, it says, okay. Yeah. It says Warner brothers was doing contract negotiations during this time when they decided to switch the release format, but Disney did not do that. Um, so she's pissed. Well, I don't know. Could be, could be rightfully so. I, I mean, to, to me, I'd be pissed if they were like, yeah, we're not doing that. And then they did it. Well, I'd feel a little, a little duped, a little bait and switch there. Um, especially if it was going to cost me $50 million, I probably wouldn't be too happy about it either. I mean, I guess um, I get it. However, does she really need the $50 million? Yeah. That yacht's for, not going to pay for itself. Okay. <laughs> well, you can say what you want. I'm just saying, I, I see it from both sides. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, she's, she's probably, well, this was her first, worsted. this was, that was her first uh, solo release within the Marvel universe, wasn't it? Right. And yeah, this, so. this was hyped for a while. Like people were really ready for this movie. So it was going to make a lot of money regardless. But what would you say is the number number two highest grossing movie in the summer of this year? Let me guess the way you so slyly and and, and coyly wanted to throw that in there. I'm going to go ahead and guess it was that stupid, stupid movie (laughs) that looks like it's a a key from my keyboard. F9. Yes, it is F9, the fast saga. Yep. Good, good. Surprisingly, A Quiet Place Part 3 is number three. Jungle Cruise is number four. Uh, it's another The Rock vehicle, so he's doing well this summer. Yeah. Uh, then Cruella, Free Guy, and Space Jam rounding out the top seven. Yeah. They're still making money on these things somehow. Boss Baby but, Family Business beat out Suicide Squad. Yeah. The, well, again, because that's an HBO. That was a Warner-owned property. So... It was released for free as long as you were an HBO Max subscriber. That's going to hurt your box office no matter what. Uh, I don't know what if they got if they got a big lump sum for that right off the bat, and that's why they're like, "Well, we'll you know, sure we'll do this." Some there's money to be made there some somehow some way I'm sure, or they wouldn't have agreed to do it. But that's got to be hurting your box office. Um, so, and I, I know that uh, you mentioned Free Guy. That's the Ryan Reynolds film that's out now um i think it was the first one i saw recently that was uh the trailer said coming exclusively to theaters on x date and i was like Mm. wow it's it's interesting now that that they have to designate the studio has to designate you can only see this in the theater for now yeah they always used to say that on like i think it was like disney movies but when when you were a kid uh during the previews only Um, in theaters march 6th but I was like, what the hell does only in theaters mean? But now I guess it really does make sense. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. Because, yeah, where else are you going to see it? Uh, 
back then, but now you could see it pretty much anywhere. I could, I could get my phone and watch one of these movies, you know, while I'm doing this podcast with you. I actually am. I'm watching Trolls World Tour, and then I'm going to watch Boss Baby Family Business. Boom. Yes. Yeah. You now you did watch Space Jam. Uh, I did watch the, Space Jam. What's the early take on the new Space Jam with uh, LeBron? Uh, it was really fun. It was not a good movie. <laughs> That's um, the first Space Jam. It's just like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the nostalgia was huge. It turned out a lot better than I thought. I was I went in with really low expectation um, because I as as a you know I was ten years old when the original Space Jam came out. I was like right smack dab in the bullseye of the demographic for that. So <laughs> the nostalgia is huge, and I just knew going into it, it was not going to be that. Um, mainly based on you know the premise of Space Jam is this all comes down to a basketball game with cartoon characters. And we're going to do another one. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, I would give it a B on on my grade scale, just just based on how much fun I had watching it. I, it, it, it kind of surprised me how much I enjoyed watching it. I was really pissed when they said, oh, we're doing another one. Like, why well, we got to have a, a, a sequel to everything? But yeah. uh, eh, it makes sense, I guess. Um, Michael Jordan was a terrible actor. Um, yeah. So LeBron, LeBron James, I, you know, I had seen him in the Amy Schumer film Trainwreck years ago. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, he did a pretty good job. But he was like the, the, best, the best friend to the love interest. So he was not in a lot of scenes. But I remember thinking, you know, athletes usually don't act very well, but he did a pretty good job. So I went into this one expecting, well, at least LeBron will be a little more natural. And he came across as hollow and wooden as every other athlete you've ever seen in any film ever. Nice. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay. So he, he maybe it just worked for him in that other movie because to be he, was fair, a, though, he was a smaller part. Do you think that acting against nothing is more difficult than acting <laughs> with could other humans? Yeah, it could be. It's funny you say it because that's actually an argument I made in another podcast that I was on recently uh, talking about this film. Um, that, uh, you know, maybe he needed real people to play off of instead of people waving tennis balls at him. They're like, here's yeah. Bugs Bunny. Look at this. <laughs> right. um, he might, he might need it. He might need that. Um, but it also could be, you know, I'd, on the other side of that coin, it could be that he was the leading man in this and he, it was, it was on his shoulders to carry and it's Space Jam. So if, as if he wasn't already in Michael Jordan's shadow enough, still, uh, you know, then it's like, oh, now you're doing Space Jam, which is a Michael Jordan joint. You gotta, you gotta be better than him. So, you know, maybe, maybe there was some mental play going on there. I don't know. Regardless, eh, he was, he pretty much was in line with every other athlete turned actor. Uh, he didn't do worse, but he certainly didn't do better. Um, so anyway, now that we've got that sidebar out of the way, what do you think? I want to get your take on where movies are going to go past this. Once, once we finally turn a corner and start getting back to normal, what do you think is going to happen to the movies? I mean, I think there's still a leisure activity. I think that uh, like going to the movies is still a thing. Hopefully um, like it, that, I did that a lot in college. Uh, now you and I both went to college in the same area and there's not a lot of things to do um, in that area. So uh, the movies was one of the things you could do, but hopefully, you know, uh, it continues. I think the movie theaters are going to have to rethink their pricing structures and things like that because 
$22 for two people to go just to buy tickets is a little rough. Uh, I mean, you could go get a, a great meal for that price. Um, Especially at the Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and have it delivered to your car. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. For me, I'm probably not going back to the movie theater for a long time. Um, I don't really like it. I feel like I'm trapped in there a little bit. Uh, and my attention span over the years of constant social media intake has destroyed my ability to sit there and watch a movie for two and a half hours or whatever. Um, so personally, I think it's like, I'm going to watch it at home. I'll probably only half watch it, be screwing around my phone with doing something else while I'm watching it. Um, that's going to be the long-term outlook for me, but I don't know. Uh, is it is the movies going to continue to be the community gathering spot that they once were probably never again i think there will definitely be once once we can finally actually start putting the pandemic in our rearview mirror whenever that comes i think there's going to be a huge uptick in movie sales because people that haven't been going uh you know i've read some articles about you know like uh, people are clamoring to get back to the movies when they feel it's safe. There's a lot of people that are like, oh yeah, I'm in. I want to I go back to the movie theater. It was one of my favorite things to do. So I think right when things start getting back to normal, there'll be an uptick and, and there'll be, you know, box offices will go back somewhat normal and there'll be a boom. And, you know, they might finally start saying that movies are back because television's been kicking the shit out of movies lately, you know, for the last several years. Um. So I think that there'll be a boom and maybe movies will tout that they're it's the golden age again and it's time to get back to the movies. But I think this has changed the game so much. I'm, you know, initially I thought there would only be little regional theaters that would survive this. You know, there'd be a local movie house because the big chains were tanking. Mm -hmm. um, they were already not doing well. Uh, that, that bubble had popped and they were going down. Um, and then they got, they got a little bit of life support from here and there. But I, I kind of figured this might be the end for, for big chain movie theaters. But I don't know. It's, it's going to be tough to say. And I guess we'll just have to get further in. But I, I think, yeah, you're right. The movies will still be a thing. I just wonder if it'll be the scale that it is as far as the availability. It, yeah, it will be interesting to see what the studios do. I imagine if we ever get out of a world where we can't interact with others very much, uh, which is going to be a long time from now, it looks like. But um, if that happens, are they going to get stricter with the way they release it? So maybe it's only in the movie theater uh, and they extend the release out so that people feel like they have to go to the movie theater to see the movie without it being spoiled for them by somebody else. Yeah. That's a possibility. Uh, I mean, I, th I think that kids are driving the movies these days. And so probably at home releases are the way of the future to get in front of more kids. Um, it but, is a heck of a lot easier than lugging the kids. Yeah. Cause then every one of them's got to get popcorn and everyone's got to get a drink and then they spill it and then somebody's got to pee. And they, you know, the, if I was a parent taking multiple kids to the movies, this would definitely be my preferred option. Yeah. I think that's going to be the way of the future, especially with kids movies, because they're also seeing that they can make more money that way. I was going to say that they like universal kind of proved right off the bat with trolls world tour. We don't really need the movie theaters to make money on these movies. Nope. Um, 
And and that's like I, I know I, I think AMC was saying that they weren't going to show any Universal movies, kind of boycotting Universal owned movies or distributed movies because of that. Which I'm like, that's a pretty bold line in the sand to draw because it's a big studio. They've already proven that they don't need you. <laughs> they're making they're going to make they made more money, you know, off this one movie than they would have you know for all three movies in the in the theaters like they, they they pocket they have more profit from it just in rentals and that's they get a lot more of that cut so it's like that's that's bold right there and that's again why i thought if, if more theaters took stances like that they'd be going down and then you got you know the local the little regional movie house that gets a couple you know they got two screens and you go and you can watch the new star wars because you know there'll be always be a new star wars coming out um you could go watch those on the big screen if you want, but AMC and Regal and all these were just, uh, you know, I saw them going bye-bye at the beginning of last year, but I don't know. They're still around. How do you think the old, uh, the whole um, eat a fancy dinner while you're watching a movie thing is going to fare with all this stuff? Those will probably, there'll be some of those around still, I think. Um you know, it's cool. Like I, I do enjoy Alamo draft house going to see, cause I like it just because it's, it is a different experience, not just because you get uh, dinner with your movie, which is a little distracting. However, they, they, they make it more of an experience. So when you get there, like the, uh, the only film I've actually ever seen in an Alamo draft house was it, uh, the remake uh. of it a couple of years ago, my wife and I went and um, they like tailor the, previews and coming attraction they, they play stuff before it to the film you're seeing ah interesting uh, to the point that they even had some promotional tie-in with like actors from the movie we were about to see doing old, old school like they, they played old footage of like clowns on variety shows and things like that and then they would have actors say hey you really like hope you hope glad you're gonna see this film you should get the chicken wings because you know like it was much more of a I felt is a much more personalized experience because this is the film I'm coming to see. Not it's just unique. Yeah. Yeah. Not I'm not going to see the same trailers, uh, you know, and getting there early, you get to see extra things, not just the, you know, Maria Menudo's talking about uh, whatever she talks about movie trivia and fashion uh, before there's, the movie. There's that classic family guy one where they they have the, the missing letters. Uh, and you have to yeah. guess the actor. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's Tim Honks and it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's Gosh. it. So anyway, that was that was felt like to me that felt more. I, I was willing to pay more for that, you know, because the tickets were a little more expensive, and you got to buy dinner. But I like it's not something I'd go to every week, but it was more do, enjoyable. Do you still sneak snacks into the Alamo Draft House? I did not. I'm sure they probably frisk you thoroughly uh, but i don't know again i've only gone once so but i really enjoyed it it's it's memorable um i've so, never been yeah. obviously i mean I, i'm not really i've not, never been a huge movie guy uh i don't know it's a little awkward with the ordering process i'm hoping maybe they, they you can get an app or something um maybe maybe going forward because it you know there's there's a little waiter waitress a server for your section and you kind of put your little card up there, but it's in the dark. So they have to kind of wander around and find, and then you kind of whisper, you'd be like, Hey, can I get another beer too? You know, and this is going on. So it's a little more distracting. 
Excuse uh, me, sir. Do you want cheese on your macaroni? This was supposed to be a light beer. Oh, okay. I'll get you another one. Uh, you know, it's, yeah, th- there's a little more conversation going on. It's a little more distracting, but it was still enjoyable. Uh, the food was decent. Uh, but, you know, the experience, I think, is, is what you're paying for there rather than the movie. So I think stuff like that will kind of stick around. But, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where we go in the future. Interesting. Well, we'll have to we'll have to watch and see what happens. But uh, I think I think we've hit the hit the time of, of the show where uh, just make sure you, you visit our sponsor, Scrub Daddy Products. That includes Scrub Mommy. Yeah, screw you, Bombas. You uh, had Bomb- your chance. Bombas, uh, sorry. Um, call me if you're interested. Uh, we can always get you back on the show. We do have advertising slots available. Uh, please send a letter to P.O. Box 42, Bland, Virginia. But uh, other than that, uh, we have done all we came here to do. And I'm David Pumpkins. Any questions oh that was a very morose david pumpkins uh usually hits a much higher octave but anyway maybe next month um as always thank you for joining us here on the group chat after dark podcast you can find us at groupchatafterdark.com listen to all the episodes that you haven't heard in case you've missed any you can go to ride that donkeyproductions.com and watch short films that we've made speaking of films uh, you can watch all kinds of things there, as well as the video version of this podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. Just search for that Donkey Productions. You're going to find it. You know what? If you don't want to search for that Donkey Productions, go to ToddSucks.com and learn all about why Todd sucks. Or you can go to DukeHewson.com and watch a video about Duke Houston where his wiener comes out. It's hilarious. Trust me, you're going to want to visit these things. We've also got a shop where you can go get a bunch of crap with our logo put on it. And it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good crap, but it's got our logo on it. And you support a local business because we're local to somewhere. Anyway, thanks for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next month on Group Chat After Dark. There it is.